If you have enjoyed Baker Street 2033, why not consider supporting the second series? Go to ko-fi.com slash neilfitzgerald. That's ko-fi.com slash neilfitzgerald. Your support would be most welcome. A future Sherlock Holmes mystery. The Glass Cryptographer by Neil Fitzgerald. Episode 16 The Problem of Non Existence, Part 1. You will remember that my friend Holmes had suddenly become aware of the existence of his arch-nemesis, Professor Moriarty, and had decided, on a whim, to meet with him. But your knowledge of philosophy is non-existent, Holmes, whilst his is formidable. Then, my dear friend, I go to learn and not to impress. I hardly recognised my friend in these words, but sensed he knew his own mind. He looked at me in such a way that I knew there was no dissuading him, and so ceased trying to. Right you are, Holmes, but I will accompany you and be outside the door. Armed, I added with emphasis. Holmes smiled at me. I would be disappointed if you weren't, he said. Now we must convey our intentions to our sworn enemy, and hope he is of a like mind. A meeting was arranged for the following afternoon in an arena that was felt to be commensurate with the learnedness of the two men involved, the reading room at the British Museum. At 12 noon precisely, the two men entered this academic cupola from opposite ends of its circular walls and walked slowly to the centre, where they stood either side of an oak desk under the enormous dome. Due to the surrounding towers of Babylon, the dome's lovely high windows let in only a few shafts of sunlight and so electric lamps illumined the bookshelves and reading desks of an Arcadia of learning now dusty with disuse, as Holmes discovered by skating his fingers along the tabletop. Holmes, said Professor Moriarty. Moriarty, said Holmes. It feels good to be alive, does it not? said Moriarty, wrapping his knuckles in the solid oak before him and sending motes of dust swirling upwards to waltz in a crop of sunbeams slanting in. Your trusty sidekick not with you? Holmes smiled. Watson had been left idling outside the room on a seat, his revolver gripped in his hand and concealed under a raincoat, a move that Holmes was certain Moriarty would have expected. Still... He played along, played the game as it had so long been expected to be played. I gave him the day off. I felt he'd earned it after spreading himself so thinly the other day. I wonder if there is a collective noun for a group of Watsons, mused Moriarty aloud. His smile showed that he was pleased with his verbal venture. The tone was deadpan, the sparring of seasoned fighters circling one another, sending out tentative jabs to test the reach and reflexes of their opponent. 
Whereas I know just what you call a man who impersonates his sworn enemy, said Holmes. Professor Moriarty. Douche, replied Moriarty in a genial tone, gesturing to show where the blade had hit home. He then paused, looking down at the table and how his fingers formed a cage upon it. A change came over his face, a look of seriousness. Look at us both, dutifully playing our parts. You, the brilliant detective, me, the criminal mastermind, as though we were tigers on show in a zoo. We could spar like this all night, Sherlock. May I break with tradition and call you Sherlock? And still be no closer to resolving our differences or changing our fates. As I'm sure you have learned, ours is a unique problem. Philosophical, or, to be more precise, ontological, to do with the nature of being. A penchant for detection or criminality is of no use here. He shrugged, as if to show how hopeless such activities were in the face of the metaphysical problems involved. You and I were once fictional entities, non-existent objects. According to an Austrian metaphysician called Alexius Meinong, we were homeless objects, ontologically insecure. We existed in a strange realm that has since come to be known as Meinong's Jungle, alongside square circles, golden mountains and unicorns. Paradoxically, we are trapped inside time and locked outside of it. As my research has revealed to me, this strange realm throws up all sorts of interesting quandaries for the philosophically inclined, such as that fact that you were more famous than any living detective. Professor Tim Crane's paper, What is the Problem of Non-Existence? is especially good on such nuances. I somehow never managed to become the most famous criminal. He sighed. Ah, no doubt my limited appearances and the arrival of Hitler, Stalin and Mao all in one century got in the way. A wry smile appeared on his lips. Where was I? Ah, yes. As I was saying, we were written into existence. Our existence was at first only twofold, as words on a page and then in some collective imaginarium composed by individual people's minds. Since then we have been reinterpreted, reenacted, and updated into a multitude of media, novels, comic books, films, television, and now as a game so realistic that it makes one question where virtual reality ends and the real one begins. And across all that time and all those changes, our core characters have remained the same. My diabolical tendencies and your moral integrity. My criminal brilliance your virtuoso deduction. Yet I am no more responsible for my peculiar genius than you are for yours. 
we were written thus. This was our nature as characters, and as Heraclitus informs us, a man's character is his fate. We had no choice but to be how we were made. Then ours was a wholly deterministic universe. We could claim no freedom of will. Yes, that is how things were for the long span of our non-existence. From your inception in 1886 and mine in 1893. You'll need to get to grips with the new lingo, Sherlock. You might say, android, often shortened to simply droid, or robot, regularly abbreviated to bot. But what are we? Holmes persisted. We are the very latest tech. Bioprints implanted with a new algorithm care of Mr. Roosh and the self-service. We are almost human, but have longevity on our side. Technology has finally solved the problem of non-existence, allowing fictional entities such as ourselves to really exist. Can we learn? Yes, we have something called deep learning, a kind of artificial intelligence mechanism that enables us to acquire new knowledge, and change our habits and... Thus, escape the character recipes, awful word, used in our fabrication. Are we free moral agents? Even as non-human agents or fictional entities, we still acted within the world, though not freely, I grant you. Familiarize yourself with Bruno Latour's actor network theory, and you will come to learn how even immaterial objects such as Sherlock Holmes can change the social and physical world of human beings. Hollywood and the BBC have made a fortune off the back of our non-existence. Oh, have you seen that Scott fellow doing you? Holmes was surprised by this automatic impulse to share this ridiculous melodrama with his nemesis. Moriarty burst out laughing. <laughs> yes! It's the worst case of scenery chewing I've ever seen. I'll burn the heart out of yes, Dita, Dita. Like a proper Irish leprechaun, so I am. Holmes almost chuckled and had to quickly suppress it, disgusting himself in the process. Pull yourself together, man. This could all be a ruse and you could find yourself at the very sharp end of a blade. Sherlock Holmes will return in Episode 17 The Problem of Non-Existence Part 2 
If you have enjoyed this podcast, you might like to try others by the same writer and producer, such as Dear Old Blood, Notes on a Wittgenstein Noir, and Modern Gothic. The writer now has a cracking idea for a second series of Baker Street 2033. So, you could also consider supporting the writer at buymeacoffee.com.